up, guys? Here with you in FC Wonderkin, episode 75, here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? I mean, I'm doing amazing. I, I was doing more amazing uh, before this, uh, before we got together here, because I thought we were going to be able to talk about more things. But then <laughs> Erling Holland happened, and we're obviously filming over the weekend, and I think we have to dedicate this whole thing this whole episode mm -hmm. to the wonders of erling holland am i correct now i'm just kidding uh unbelievable unbelievable how are you alex you're doing well i'm doing okay bretson and you mentioned that erling holland is the main topic for starters but just before we get to it do not forget to like this video community and follow us on spotify apple podcasts and on youtube but yes holland is inevitable in my mind okay three oh premier league hat tricks in his last three home games the quickest oh player to do so by 40 appearances michael <laughs> owen did this but he needed 48 appearances which is ridiculous but holland only needed eight premier league appearances to get three premier league hat tricks at home oh. that is unreal the quickest to do so too i, I don't yeah. know what to yeah. say at 22 Holland is showing that the mentality he has, it's in the Prem, it's in the Bundesliga, it's in the La Liga. And if Norway was in the World Cup, it would be in the World Cup too, with an Odegaard backing him, okay? So Holland, yeah. once again, man, you are going bold. The boldest player right yeah. now. Boldest. Uh, obviously, you have to give credit to the supporting cast there too, because this is also... <laughs> Yes. Ruthless. I mean, absolute ruthless delivery. Absolute ruthless chance creation. That De Bruyne, to find him, that De Bruyne cross to find him at the far post was unreal, okay? Mm -hmm. And and here's the crazy part. Like, okay, Manchester United in this mm -hmm. game were completely naive. <laughs> Eric Ten Hag, okay, Eric Ten Hag in the mud in this particular one. I think this falls... Squarely on his he shoulders, he kept the same squad. He kept the same squad with Arsenal. Yeah, but put your bruisers out there. Try and do something. <laughs> Try and do something to, to muck things up a little bit. Put Casemiro in. Absolutely. I mean, but but it it really comes down to the fact that it's De Bruyne, right? Mm -hmm. It's Foden. It's Bernardo Silva. Rodri wasn't even in the game, you know? Back. And Erling Holland was still able to put his stamp on this game. And uh, it just is absolutely <laughs> unreal. I mean, Erling Holland has scored more goals single-handedly, right, mm -hmm. than Manchester United. He has scored more <laughs> goals than Chelsea in the Premier League. He has scored double the amount of goals that Everton or, like, Leeds or any of these other teams in the league. He is a one-man wrecking machine. <laughs> but he is not himself on an island. True. You know, sometimes at Dortmund, it would feel like he had to do everything himself. With sometimes. You. With you. Sometimes. <laughs> right. With you. The occasional, <laughs> the occasional Jude, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, give and go, that's, that sort of thing. Uh, but come uh -huh. on, you've got De Bruyne now. You've got Phil Foden. Kudos to him with the hat trick True. as well. But uh, I just, this is not going anywhere. And the Bruyne. Uh, the only thing, yeah, the only thing that's going to, mm -hmm. to, to stop Erling Holland from breaking this record is himself. Exactly. Facts, facts. And I'm going to say this. I completely agree. And it's not Mbappe, Erling Holland's biggest enemy. It's the injuries that you have just referred. Completely agree with that, Bretson. And I'm going to say this. Completely agree, yes. too, that De Bruyne, Foden, 
Go Jack Grealish too. What a game by him. Played really well at but the Bruyne. I have to say a special dedication in this pod to the Bruyne that became the all-time leading in assists in the Premier League. Hmm. 94. 94 assists in the Premier League. And the Bruyne has never never won the best player of the month in the Premier League. And he's the all-time leading goals uh, assist make playmaker in the Premier League. This makes no sense. Not even like Top three in assists. He's like number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's yeah. so interesting to me, like, that it, the all-time leading in assists, you got David Silva, number two, and De Bruyne, number one. Man City, in such a short period of time, already have such historic numbers, okay? They affect, they are in the history books already. And Man City, yeah. in 20, 30 years' time, will be... Football heritage mentioning. Remember Guardiola coaching De Bruyne and Holland and Foden, the amazing yeah. trio. They're creating history. And I have to say it Foden is the type of player I can't imagine him leaving Man City soon or yeah. later. Okay, he's going to stay there. And that's a legacy type player. The Stockport, Iniesta by many, they, them say. But at 22, hat trick against United, he's got to do yeah. the same. At England national team too, man. Southgate <laughs> must be put in check because players like him aren't playing the same way in the national team. But yeah, De Bruyne and Haaland is the best duo in the world of football right now. Undeniable. No one comes close. And this is ridiculous, the chemistry they have in such a short period of time. Haaland yeah. reads De Bruyne and De Bruyne predicts where Haaland goes to. Elite levels. Elite. And that goal, that goal was like the perfect microcosm of that, right? Erling, I'm sorry, uh, De Bruyne knew that Erling Holland could literally start his slide from like the penalty hash and he would be sliding all the way to the goal. Mm -hmm. He knew how long Holland was and he knew exactly how much leeway he had to give Holland to get on the end of that ball. Yes. And that is going to happen. That exact goal is going to happen like five, ten more times this season mm -hmm. alone. And and what, what is most impressive to me mm -hmm. is that it wasn't just Erling Holland putting in his three touches or his eight touches. He was a lot more involved this game than literally any other game this season. Okay, Facts. two assists. Facts. Right. Exactly. And and that ball, that ball that he put on a platter for an on-rushing Phil Foden uh, with Malasia trying to just get there to get in front of him, uh, that ball was the like the thesis of that matter there because that ball is one not that easy. True. There were six tracking back defenders on United. Fuck. There were no other Manchester City attackers except De Bruyne who got leveled at the top of the 18. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it was Holland having to deliver that ball strong enough across the box. And it was uh man, I did not think I'd be <laughs> waxing this poetic about it, but it was Erling Holland is a whole lot more than people probably give him credit for. Facts um, in 6-3 in a Manchester derby, yeah. straight off the yeah. bat, shows it. And I got to say this, Guardiola, in this game, he didn't have Calvin Phillips. He didn't have Rodri, yeah. that is the starter. And he didn't have John Stones. But masterclass yeah. from Akanji at the back and masterclass <laughs> from the midfield playing together with Al Rodri. Elite combination and elite movement to anticipate how Man United were going to attack. Great 
tactics by Man City because they did cover not Rodri not being there. I was shook. I, you didn't notice, Gundogan, the captain yeah. of that team for a reason, okay? No Rodri, yeah. Gundogan delivered with Foden, with Grealish. They did what they had to do in the Bruyne, the masterclass. I got to yeah, say man. it once again. And Haaland, <laughs> again, I'm just going to say this. And I, 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 my last touch base with Haaland. Haaland, in eight Premier League games, okay, he's got three hat-tricks. Ronaldo took 232 games to do three hat-tricks too, okay? And I have to say, man, Haaland, I'm team Haaland against Mbappe. He's humble, he's all about football, and he's got Guardiola teaching him. I think the fact that Guardiola is coaching Erling Haaland, the football... Footballaholic, I don't know how he say it, but the IQ of Guardiola is putting Haaland at the pedestal of football right now. He can get not one Ballon d'Or. Haaland can get five. Five Ballon d'Ors with the numbers he's going to put. So Mbappe, you better go to Real Madrid first. Because if Haaland goes, you might not be going in the future with Vinicius and maybe a Rafa Leon going there. So go bold, Haaland. Well, well, first, if Mbappe wants to move to Real Madrid, first he has to sell the club he owns. <laughs> just kidding. That's terrible. Well, just kidding, kind of. Well, you know. Kind of. Kind of just kidding. It's kind of some shade. But, hey, listen. Kylian Mbappe can score as many goals as he wants. Yes. Doing it in the Premier League adds ah. uh, adds yeah. two times the waiting, three times the waiting to it. So, Holland definitely has the leg up. Here's the issue, though. Here is the issue. And mm-hmm. this kind of makes me sigh. It makes me sigh. It makes me a little bit sad Mm. in that I don't think there's going to be a time that we're going to see a strong enough Norway to, to, to be, to be competing. Yes. Uh Uh, Because, and and I think that that shows you, we alluded to it last week, right? Mm -hmm. In episode 74. I think that goes to show you like you need Mm. uh, this levels up of chance creation that's coming from Manchester City and the supporting cast around him and Pep Guardiola knowing how exactly to use Holland. Um, it is flying in the face of w- whether there are depth concerns, whether there are injuries on the mm-hmm. defensive end for, they're just still able to find Holland mm-hmm. and, and get him the ball and, and know that he's a fl- freak <laughs> of nature that can put the ball in the back of the net at any time. But I don't know if Norway uh, is ever going to have that bevy of talent, that that depth of talent to be able to support him. We can talk about Martin Odegaard mm-hmm. as much as you want, but Martin Odegaard is nowhere close to Kevin De Bruyne. True. True. Nowhere true. close. Right now, definitely. Okay. But if we ask Man City, okay, in three, four years' time, who would they rather have? They might say <laughs> Martin Odegaard. And if Arsenal don't win titles, Maybe. this yeah. might happen. Odegaard going to Man City. And, and that would be another reason for Haaland to stay. But that's... No, yeah. no, no. I don't think that's happening, Arsenal fans, okay? Boom, no. I just want to say that here So before the comments go crazy. But the way I can, yeah. like... Uh, I, I understand what you're saying, but I legit mm-hmm. think it all depends on Haaland's longevity. If Haaland is a player that plays until he's 32, 33, I honestly yeah. do think uh, Norway will have a deep run in the World Cup or in the Euros. I think it can happen, and I think Haaland can inspire a, a, a lot more youth in five to ten years' time. So I, I, I agree where you're coming from yeah. right now, but I agree. In, I think in five years' time, 
it's gonna be a different convo. I believe in that Norwegian talent, man. Like, you might, you might be right. You might be right. But, but, but De Bruyne and Lukaku are still looking at each other and saying we haven't won a damn thing. True. You know, and true. that that is a small that is a smaller with Hazard. That, with Hazard. That is, and and Hazard, yeah, with that is packed Facts. with their golden generation. They have more behind them, but not as good quality as of yet. Mm-hmm. As 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 is the De Bruyne um, and the Lukaku generation. Yes. And they're still looking at each other, wondering. Okay, we've got like one more, maybe two more good goes at this, and then mm, mm-hmm. what are we going to do next? But listen, Erling Holland, as it stands, mm-hmm. I hope he has that uh, that Ibrahimovic longevity, yeah. right? I hope he's got that Scandinavian kind of like Nordic, uh, whatever. Uh, we yes. can play till thirty five, forty. Um, but if if not, I hope you're right. I mm-hmm. want to see norway step up to that challenge i maybe it's not odegaard maybe it's andreas Schelderup. yeah right maybe it's one of these other players that really starts to level up over the next few years mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it nothing is changing the fact that erling holland is on pace to score 65 plus goals this season in the premier league <laughs> if he remains healthy hey. and are you ready for this hey. when sala when sala rewrote the record books relatively recently right scoring 32 in the real modern premier league era mm-hmm. okay after eight games, he had four goals. <laughs> After eight games, Erling Holland has 14 goals. What? Uh, Premier League? Oh, my days. This man is not stopping, and he won't stop. That's I've excellent. never oh. seen a man demoralize a, a whole half of a city, a whole half of a <laughs> Manchester United fandom. He literally made... And I'm sorry to put Manchester United fans in the mud right now, mm-hmm. uh, but he literally made a whole fandom leave at the 30-minute interval, okay? Leave the Etihad. Walk out of there. They paid for those tickets, Man, and they minutes. didn't want to watch. They didn't want to watch what was about to happen. Um, and Eric Ten Hag, frankly, should give back his Manager of the Month award. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he th- that was like four minutes t- a brace. <laughs> so those Man United fans were like, okay, the next eight, we might have a poker. <laughs> so we don't yeah. want to see that happening. But yes, Bowden <sighs> did another hat trick. But yes, people, yes. tell us your expectations of Man City and Holland for this season down below. Will Holland win the Ballon d'Or? Will Norway one day go bold with their youth and and future? Tell us in down below in the YouTube comment section. But yes, mm. we mentioned fast Arsenal, Tottenham, 3-1, okay, win in the North London Derby. And I got to say yep. this, Arteta has a plan. And the Arsenal mm. players are extremely, but extremely focused. And if Thomas mm. Partey has no injuries, <laughs> it's <laughs> Partey is definitely one of the best midfielders in the Premier League, okay? And Shaka, yeah. that leadership, I was shook, okay? What a game from yeah. him. And if Shaka plays well, Arsenal play well too. So that shows yeah. that they have to get another eight. So they 100% know they'll always have a team that is winning. So right now, yeah. Arsenal's going bold with their leadership with Shaq. <laughs> I I 100% agree here. Um, yes. I'm not gonna say that they fully dominated this game. Dominated uh, this game, but I'm also I'm also not going to say that they they, they didn't did. they dominate did. this game. I think they because did. this this was not much of a derby. Mm. Right. This was not much of a derby. And Arsenal looked the better team. Yes. They felt the better team. They they looked like, you know, there was more resolve. Yes, we can talk about Emerson Royals, uh, mm. you know, dumb tackle one 
And should it have been a red card? Okay. We all know Antonio Conte is going to kind of focus more on that. But you know that in the locker room, Mm -hmm. he's not talking about the refs. He's probably tearing into tearing into his players for playing as naive as they did uh, when all was said and done. I didn't, I mean, there were stretches. Yeah. I mean, there there were stretches of this game. I didn't even know Harry Kane was on the field. Okay. (laughs) And he scored a goal. He did. He did. But ultimately, I mean, it was a pinprick. It was a penalty, Mm -hmm. right? It was a penalty. And okay, great. But the only, that is like the only positive to come from this game was that he hit that milestone. A hundred, what is it? A hundred away goals for Harry Kane first in the Premier League. Ever. First guy ever to do that. That's impressive. Kane, that's that's a bold start. And Conte must be thinking, man. He must be thinking to go to Bayern. <laughs> he oh, must be gosh. thinking to go to Bayern after what Arsenal did to us. And like the, the, the Emirates is becoming yeah. such a symbolic place now with Arteta mm-hmm. Ball. I, I can yeah. see that the players are more comfortable to play at home. And you can see that the fans just love it. And I got to say, Saliba oh. at 21. I know Ronald Araujo is 23, but he's going to be 24 in no time. Saliba, in my opinion right now, is the best young center back in the world. The calmness yeah. he has, the decision making he does, puts him miles ahead of anyone. I think next season, next summer, it should be mandatory uh, target signing for Arteta of an experienced world-class centre-back to be next to Saliba and have more competition with Gabriel. Okay, I legit think if Saliba learns even more, we're talking about the best centre-back in the world of football, Saliba, in the next 10 years. Okay, and he's 21. the funny thing here is I, I was about to literally say the exact same thing, and you and I didn't compare that. Now, you know, if you're talking U21, right, out mm-hmm. there, if you're talking 21 oh, and younger, who you're comparing him to maybe Urien Timber at Ajax. You're comparing oh. him to Josko Gavardial at, uh, at Red Bull Leipzig. And they're great players right now, but, I mean, Saliba is obviously – I mean, come on. Manchester United can score as many – I'm sorry, Manchester City can score as many goals <laughs> – as they want against United. But it doesn't change the fact that Arsenal is still leading the league right now. Facts. Um, and William Saliba is, I agree with you 100%, the best young center back in the world as it stands. I just have to ask you this. Is he a surefire 100% starter for Les Bleus he was going to at be the in World my Club? Team. He's going to be in my okay. team of the World Cup, 100%. The levels he's yeah. showing at Arsenal, I can't. I, I, he's improving. He's improving. And, and at Marseille, he was ridiculous at OM, okay, in Liga. Yeah. I was already saying he was world-class there. But now, at the Premier League, he's overshadowing a player like Virgil van Dijk, a player like ah, the best in the Premier League. So I got to back yeah. Saliba. I got to yeah. back Saliba. And another new spe- uh, piece that happened was Emil Smith-Rowe is going to be yeah. out until late December. But Arsenal mm-hmm. fans, don't worry. And I think some of you are going to back me. Fabio Vieira is here, and I predict that he's going to be a lot more involved with Arsenal after that goal and after getting more and more minutes from Odegaard. Odegaard's going to start, but Fabio Vieira is going to impress this season many times. You need an overall top squad, and Fabio's going to show that he's going to be a great playmaker in the next five years at Arsenal. I have to say that. 
I have to. Uh, I, I'm not going to disagree with you because every time he's on the pitch, he looks the part. And yes. I obviously remember him last season for Porto. So I just think Assistant. to go back to something you said previously, mm-hmm. you said Arteta has a plan. Yes. Um, and, and it really did scream like he had a plan in this match. And, and how you knew that was the pressing seemed to be on point. Mm-hmm. Like there was not a moment that went by that Tottenham's players were, were not getting harried, right? They weren't getting, you know, a knee to the butt. They weren't getting a, a little scrape of the cap. Um, and, and like literally something that United should have done against City and they didn't do at all to like set a physical undertone to the match. And it was the Gunners really did seem to kind of um, kind of get around that and, and see that as yeah, yeah. the way to make the Spurs, way, way to make Spurs make mistakes. And that's exactly what they did so that is a plan I agree. and sometimes it doesn't work but mm-hmm. y- you got to give credit where credit's due shaka not just Saka, shaka <laughs> and party were phenomenal on the day Fuck. one and uh this is less so part of the plan but gabriel jesus is just a menace Fuck. he's an absolute menace like um signing of the season he, he, next to holland yeah gabriel so, so far yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. And the uh, two strikers and like Man City let them go and they still get the signing of the season of Holland. What decision yeah. making? Oh my days. No. Oh yeah, and, and if we're if we're looking for positives for, mm-hmm. for both of these losing squads in some very highly consequential derbies, uh Manchester United it was only one game. Mm. Tottenham, it was only one game. You gotta learn from it, you gotta wow. come back, and mm. you gotta be the one setting the tone. But as of right now, Manchester City. Uh, Guardiola, as always, they have a plan. Trouble. Arteta, Trouble. Arsenal, they it's, have a plan, and I'm I'm interested to see where it's all gonna go. It's true. Uh, it's, it's, it's true. Arteta with a plan, and I I love that you touched base with Gabriel Jesus because there's a mad stat that Gabriel Jesus has that is when whenever Gabriel Jesus scores in a game, mm-hmm. he's never lost. He's yeah. never lost in the Premier League in 51 games. He's got 63 goals with zero, zero losses. So that's one hell of a stat that shows when he's focused that he said a lot of times to his teammates in that game against Tottenham, he doesn't lose. And I love to see that. And you said another thing too, and I got to say this. This is something that Tottenham have to fix if they're going to go this next level. As I I think Arsenal are above Tottenham, no denying, as a team. And... City, definitely no denying. And it's because they don't need to rely only on Harry Kane to produce goals. Like, Harry Kane is the playmaker in midfield too. They they need someone to produce and create goals from the midfield. And whenever Kulu isn't there, or whenever Kulu isn't playing well, everything sure. goes down. So they need more options. And so that's why Dybala would have been good this summer. But... With Harry Kane, that's why he's going to leave. He needs more yeah. options to back him, like Harlan has yeah. at Man City. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, is uh, Harry Kane has seven goals this season in the Premier League, <laughs> which, all, for all intents and purposes, after eight games, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I mentioned previously, Mo Salah only had four when he went for 32. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but ultimately... Uh, Erling Holland has 14. He has double the amount Eish. of the guy that's second behind him in the goal scoring charts. And they are not reliant Eish. on Erling Holland at all, um, which is really, I mean, or as much as uh, Spurs seems to be reliant <laughs> on Harry Kane. The best thing, to be honest, that could happen for Spurs in the future, mm. and this is going to sound really, really um, wrong, mm-hmm. is Harry Kane gets injured. 
Because hey. then guess who start guess who starts scoring the goals? Oh, uh, Son and Richarlison. Son, Son and Richarlison, exactly. And and you you might recall that that's what happened during that little. But mm, they won't win anything. Of, <laughs> is he going to extend? No, they won't win anything again. And and I don't know. Maybe maybe you're starting to feel threatened. Hey, uh, uh, your your prediction. Your prediction. Give me a cup concept. <laughs> Give me a cup concept because we'll Kane definitely won't stay if you don't win any cup this season. Oh my days! But yeah. you think they well, won't get a cup? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And and I'm worried. I'm worried about the form of one player on that team. Mm. Who? Kuti Romero. Kuti mm. Romero, since he has come back from injury, has Long not lit. looked Next to him? very good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, never, I, I wasn't sold out with that Langley, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kuti Romero. Yeah. I understand, but he must... This is... This is something I legitimately think. And it's I think it's Virgil van Dijk and Kuti Romero, maybe. It's hard to focus mm. solely in the Premier League when you're going to play your last World Cup, okay? I'm not saying that is the reason why they're not in top form, but it, there must be something in mind. Because when you see Kuti Romero and Virgil van Dijk, for their national yeah. teams, they're top form. They are top yeah. form. And in their club level, it's not the same. So I, I really do believe... That mentally wise and physically after the World Cup is going to have a toll this season for many, many players. So I think that might be a reason. I don't know if I, <laughs> I got it right. But people, tell us down below your thoughts about the Arsenal North London Derby, okay? Arsenal win both, still top of the league. And tell us why they're going to maybe win. And tell us your predictions too. We want to know what you're thinking. Yes. But Chelsea, <laughs> just staying in London. And Chelsea are the team with the most Champions League. Still, okay, oh. with two <laughs> in London. But Graham Potter, what a start, oh. no? Trusting Connor yeah. Gallagher, getting that worldy. Like, Connor Gallagher must be happy that Graham Potter is the Chelsea coach. And for sure, Christian Pulisic is very, very, very happy to have Potter doing that magic on the field. <laughs> so, yeah. There's two things. There's two <laughs> things that Graham Potter did uh, that led to that win that Thomas Tuchel would have never done. Mm. And that is play Connor Gallagher farther up the field. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the second is play Christian Pulisic ah. in his desired location, which is left wing. Yes. Okay? Exactly. And ultimately he looked like I, I haven't seen him even internationally. I haven't seen Christian Pulisic do what he did mm. in a, in seemingly a little while, right? He took two <laughs> men on, took one, two men on, and then he dinked it back to Connor Gallagher. Mm -hmm. Connor Gallagher faked as if he was going to dribble it into the box. He faded away from it and then curled it far post. True. That's like, exactly what you want from these players mm -hmm. and and i think graham potter maybe it's maybe this will change in the future <laughs> but i think graham potter knows how to use his players uh or maybe I, I don't know this is part and parcel of building a profile around them but let's mm -hmm. be honest here chelsea was not exactly a convincing team for the True. first 75 minutes of that game mm -hmm. they didn't play very well i agree with that i still think potter uh, has some things to get to get done but i was surprised yeah. obama young scored I think Broja yeah. will be a lot more involved with Graham Potter. Sure. And but I have to say this because this is this is me thinking about justice, man. I think Crystal Palace were robbed that game. Tiag Silva yeah, should have been sent off, okay? Because he clearly had intent in touching that ball, okay? So he deserved a red card and 
Consequently, the assist, like there's a goal right after that is a Tiago yeah. Silva buildup. So mm-hmm. I really believe, man, Crystal Palace were robbed in that game. But thinking of the positives, I think Chelsea, it's a difficult team to win away. Crystal Palace with Patrick Vieira and Gallagher getting that goal, I think will add more options to the club. But I wanted to yeah. say this on Chelsea. And Kunku, man, you guys were exposed, okay? And I, I got to say, what a transfer that's going to be, man. And Kunku to Chelsea makes a ton, a ton of sense for the Frenchman. And he's going to be that inside forward, the man to score the goals. He legit can be sure. an icon in London, in Kunku. And that's what he oh, needs yeah. to start in the French national team. So for Nkunku and Chelsea, man, if they manage to get a double swoop, double swoop of Vardiol, and in Kunku, like, oh my days, man. What a yeah. way of doing business next summer. And for it, 60 million in Kunku is bargain. Is a bargain. 100%. Right. And, and, and for those that can't quite process in Kunku or they don't watch Red Bull Leipzig, uh, the man has 63 goal involvements in his last 64 games. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Leipzig, obviously, uh, the, while they've been underperforming, they've been a little slow. Hey, they, they play Champions League ball. Mm-hmm. And Kunku does it in the Champions League as well. Um, so for those people throwing shade at whether it's Mason Mount or whether it's whoever on Chelsea, there mm-hmm. there is no way you can come back and say Nkunku is not an upgrade to what Chelsea oh, already facts. has. Facts. Um, Better so than it is just amazing. Yeah, like we just have to come back and say Todd Bowley, <laughs> while he might miss hit sometimes, he is not messing around as owner of Chelsea. Facts. He is not messing around as owner of Chelsea. They're going to hit some minimum fee release clause. It's going to be like 55, 60 million. They're going to be able to, they, he's already apparently passed his medical and Crystal and Kunku will likely be at Stamford Bridge next season. Uh, at the same time that they probably announce some sort of a connection or the purchase of one or two clubs because Todd Bowley <laughs> is outright playing football manager in real life. Man, he's gonna buy a Portuguese club, rumoredly too, man. Todd Boyley, you're going bold in Portugal too. Like, oh my days! But it's the right place to buy a team, I'd say, with the developing yeah. football we have here. Oh my days! But I wasn't expecting how involved Todd Boyley is. And I just no. want to say this: he did suggest that all-star game of the North against the South of the Premier League, but they they had some rethinking, and the subject now is the Premier League. Versus all the other leagues. So the Premier Excuse League. Me, who said that? Who said that first? <laughs> you. <laughs> I did. I said that first. I Because that's the way you go. I mean, come on. If people will want to watch La Liga All-Stars versus Premier that's League. If you're going to play a one-off. if you're Yeah, but if you're going to play a one-off fundraiser. I know Jurgen Klopp's not a fan. I know a bunch of these, these coaches and these people that have been in the league for years are not a fan. But if you're going to play a one-off, that's the one that's going to sell. Is it not? Facts. Come on. Premier League. Lewandowski, Lewandowski versus, uh, like, you could make some really phenomenal all Lewandowski versus Holland. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mbappe versus, yeah. uh, like, whoever. Foden and De Bruyne yeah. against Salah, Vini. Oh, my days. So, and, yeah. and, and Alex, let's step it up a notch. Let's do a Wonder Kid All-Star game ah. and raise money that way. And and the Wonder Kid All-Star game, you raise money for all the academies uh, all the way up and down the football leagues, right? Oh. You, you give it out. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. Who wouldn't want to watch U23, Foden? Okay, Foden wouldn't play with the U23 All-Stars. But, like, who wouldn't want to watch a Jacob Ramsey versus a Jeremy Pino? 
right? Um, I can think of a better one. I can yeah, think of a better I one. Like, what? I, I'd say, who, who, who wouldn't want to see a Jamal Musiala versus Pedri? Yeah. No, Jamal Musiala yeah. p- teaming up with Pedri. Yeah. Right, but we got to think more about this. But definitely an all-star game Beautiful. of Wonder Kids involving Pedri, Musiala, uh, Kamavinga, like all this youth that is going, Saliba 21. If there was an all-star game with all these players, it would be one of the most watched games of yeah. the year. No doubt. Well, and Todd Boyley did hints, did hints. And you hinted that they needed to modify it. It's true. Go check the tape yeah. community. <laughs> Definitely. I have to toot my own horn, but I did, I did mention that. But listen, <laughs> let, let's, get, let's get back to the Premier League because mm-hmm. otherwise we're going to spend a whole hour on this. The funny thing is, is we talked about Chelsea, we talked about Arsenal, we mm. talked about Manchester City and their, their bold performances. <laughs> uh, amidst all of this, amidst mm-hmm. all of this, there was a debut, okay? There was a debut for Deserby, mm-hmm. right? The new Brighton boss. Exactly. And amidst all of this, getting overshadowed by Phil Foden and Erling Haaland's hat trick was a certain Leandro Trossard, <sighs> okay? And I think this this guy, this mm-hmm. kid, this he's not a kid, he's 27. like 27. Mm-hmm. But he deserves so much more credit than what he is being given at this moment in time. Fuck. He is not as flashy as a Holland or a, or a Foden, and he's not going to like you know sell shirts the mm-hmm. same way he does. But this guy has been absolutely instrumental to Brighton. True. He literally went to Anfield. <laughs> Leandro Trossard went to Anfield and became the first player since 2009, since Andre Arshavin, yes. to score a hat trick at. Anfield. They should have held on for the win, but the Liverpool came roaring back and they at least escaped with a point. But Leandro Trossard, I think, has six goals already this season in the Premier League. He's up there on the charts. He's doing everything he can. He's playing well for Belgium as well. Um, I, I just think this guy deserves a whole lot more credit than he gets. Um, and he did not start out well in the Premier League. He did not start out well. Okay? And he has now since become part and parcel of what Brighton stands for. He'll play at left back if he needs to. He'll mm-hmm. play wherever you tell him to, and he will get something done. So, you know, I know we talked about Holland. I know we talked about Foden. But give Leandro Trossard his just dues because, man, does he deserve it right facts. now. Facts. I completely agree. And since 2009, that is facts. Archavin, too. He went bold yeah. at Anfield and Trossard made a field day, man. What a game by him. And Klopp must be thinking, I got to sign this man next next, next window. You know, he's the type maybe. of player I could see Liverpool getting maybe. But I got to say too, like the clear effect of Luis Diaz for Liverpool was more, it was <clears> notorious. <throat> Luis Diaz came on, the whole team changed. And that super sub role for Luis Diaz is unbelievable. Yeah. But the midfield... The midfield so look, looks so unfocused, and the defense too. This Liverpool squad doesn't look like they're prepared to go against Arsenal, okay, next fixture. I really, I, Klopp, and Klopp justified saying, I don't know how Brighton were going to play, new manager, like expectations, but like, you're at Anfield. You want to win the Prem. You got to win this game. New manager, he didn't prep as much as you did. You know, so I think there's a clear fatigue at Liverpool and a lot of players are having an effect of playing the whole season for competitions like they were in the four competitions. How long Liverpool last season? So, yeah. 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 I mean, they played what every game available to them. Um, And it's it seems like it's paying its toll. But you mentioned Luis Diaz. 
mm-hmm. uh, in that run back to to escape with a point, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, for Liverpool. I don't think Jurgen Klopp came into this season mm-hmm. saying Roberto Firmino is going to be my best player. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's got six go- or five goals, three assists in six starts this season, or six matches in the Premier League so far. And I don't think Klopp re-signed Firmino to pe- play this type of an instrumental That's... role because he is the only reason. Mm-hmm. He is the only reason they're not further down in the table True. as it stands. Let... And I think you got to give Firmino a little love because um, that mm-hmm. was, you know, he's already matched his goal involvement total in six matches from all of last season. Ooh. Now, last season was injury shortened for him, Good but this be. man, give him some credit because it's it's not exactly that um you know i understand the media <laughs> in england can be absolutely ruthless True. but trent alexander arnold mm. is not doing himself any good service True. the way he's playing for liverpool as it stands True. but okay uh, but you said this like you can't win the prem if firmino is the best player on your team you just can't yeah, I know. it's it's impossible and like, what they need is a new midfielder. They desperately need Jude Bellingham. And that's why I really believe he's not going to Liverpool. Because a team yeah. like City, a team like Real, they're all going to do everything and, and in their cost not for Jude Bellingham not to go to Liverpool. Legitimately. So, Matej Nunes would have made a ton of sense for him to oh. go. I found and, now, and now where is he? Now where he where is he? You know the guy that brings him in is the guy. He's already gone. Yeah, <laughs> um, much. But I already uh, see Ruben Emery uh, to be uh, in negotiations to go to Wolves. But I don't think he'll go in between the season with a Champions League run that he can do history at Sporting. But at the end of the season, Wolves can yeah. get Ruben Emery maybe. So I think but that would be that? that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing okay. for Wolves development wise with Fabio Silva there. Like, I, 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 Ruben, Fabio Silva, Pedro Neto, all the, Ma, Mateus Nunes that played with Ruben. Like, I think that would be the right call to get Ruben Emery at the end of the season for Wolves. It would be crazy good. Crazy good. And then he would go to another team. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. But here's what it's down to. Uh, Wolves mm. have a relegation battle ahead of them. Uh, agreed. 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 Okay. Um, You know, do I think that they're better as a sum of their parts than what they're currently showing? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I think quality on the field as of itself for Wolves should probably push them up the table as it goes? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I, I do. But we know how these types of things work. When you get into, in the Premier League, right, when you get into a bad run of form, it can escalate. It can snowball. And players that were once the the fulcrum, the the beginning uh, stages of like what you needed to snap out of it, start playing not as well. You know, mm-hmm. Ruben Neves hasn't been phenomenal for he them this season. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants to leave, right? And and that's hard because he's still called upon for them. True. They have a younger. They don't. They they had a lot of turnover in their back line. Collins too, too youngster. Yeah, I had a red card, bad red card. In. Like so, I, I like him though. I like Nathan Collins. I think yeah. he's gonna be a player to stay and a future <laughs> Republic of Ireland legend if he keeps on going with that consistency. Like, yes, yeah, I mean they've only let up a goal a game basically in eight games, but they've only scored three. So uh, Wolves have they've got some uh, hard work to do ahead Where's of them. Adama? Uh, which is- Where's Adama? Where's Adama? Adama this, Adama that. Adama's not scoring goals or assisting. 
So this just shows, man, a player that's, oh, he's so underrated, bargain player. Yeah, man, Barca got him on loan. Now he's back at Wolves. And I'm a Traore. Like, that's not a player to, to get a top eight in the Prem. I'm sorry to say no. it, but like, oh my days. But yes, people, tell us down below what needs to happen at Wolves, okay? What are the changes and who will be the next Wolves manager that Brun Lash, but ah, but it happens. It happens. Let's see yeah. where he goes next. Maybe it, it's it was Turkey. time. It was maybe yeah, it's Turkey. It was time. <laughs> it was time. But one last stat before we move out of the Premier League. Yes. Um, you and I were calling for Everton's um, <laughs> skull, if you will. Back to back. Uh, I, I have I have to say uh, Everton has been playing for themselves. They are, they've been playing for their fans. They've been playing for their supporters. That win against uh, Southampton was very mm -hmm. encouraging. Um, and you got to give credit to that back line. Uh, their back line has been everything. And it's not surprising. It obviously has limitations. It's Tarkowski, right? It's mm -hmm. it's some players that put up some pretty good uh, and played pretty good roles for some pretty bad teams mm -hmm. in the past. Um, but you have to give them credit because as of right now, I believe joint with Manchester City, they have given up the least goals Sheesh. in the all of the Premier League. Everton's defense. Ooh, okay. Lampard so, ball. Lampard ball. <laughs> long long may it continue. Long may it, may it continue for them. Um, but uh, if Pickford we all saw Nick, Nick, Nick Pope in that England game, uh, mm -hmm. I think Jordan exactly. Pickford has his uh, has his eyes on that number one come exactly. the World Cup. But he's been doing it for Everton. But anyway, I needed to throw that out there because Everton, obviously, you and I had them bottom. It still could. The wheels could fall off. But as of right now, that defense has been keeping them in every game that they've been in. Mm -hmm. so. Facts. And I just want to say my last shout on the Premier League is a shout to Newcastle for doing amazing business, in my opinion. And they want to get one of the best Australian youngsters, okay, right now, Garan Kuhl, that is a bold youngster with an elite potential. And it shows that Newcastle is going to be great it, on the field and off the field with the decision-making. Newcastle shows the same patterns as Man City in these decision-makings off the field. Getting Brunke Maranj, getting Alexander Isaac, maybe overpriced, but long-term, it's going to make sense. So I just want to give a shout-out to Garan Kual and seeing the match with the Jordi fans, man. That's the way it's supposed to be. 2004 oh, yeah. Talent 2, man. Watch out, okay? Isaac and Garan Kual, they're going to go bold. Go bold. Yeah. Well, I want to give a little love to Miggy Almiron, too, because that goal against Fulham was... Yes. That was what a goal. Beautiful. What a goal. That was beautiful, and they have revived that man. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I got to give that to Eddie Howe. Yep, Miggy Almiron is the guy that started the ball rolling with all these transfers coming in and out of MLS, and it is good to see him still playing a role for Newcastle, even as the new signings come in. Um, but ultimately... Come on, there are some other leagues here. We yes. spent a lot of time with the Premier League because there were some big derbies this weekend. But, don't, but, uh, but come here, where do you want to go next? Don't forget to like this video if you're enjoying until now. And we're going to talk now. Bundesliga, man. We got, we're FC mm -hmm. Wonder Kid. And something crazy happened. That it was Jude Bellingham. <laughs> and 19 yeah. became the youngest captain ever at, in Dortmund history and in the Bundesliga history. Bellingham is showing levels, and no surprise he's going to leave Dortmund for $150 million next summer. They just bought him for 25 
So elite development and what a great job by Dortmund and Juch. Okay, they didn't win it against Colonia, but that's one no. hell of a start. That's one no. hell of a start. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, that's that's I think. <laughs> These types of results are what is saying uh, to Jude that he is going to be definitely moving on next season. Anyone that thought there was a shred of doubt in 2023, Jude Bellingham will be in a different jersey. Um, now where? What it comes down to, <laughs> uh, we, we now think pole position, right? In pole mm -hmm. position is Real Madrid. Uh, but then you think about all the good players that they currently have and who they got their eyes on. Chouameni, um, uh, Camavinga, Jude Bellingham. Like I don't who know. starts? Yeah, Valverde has to go to the winger spot. Like and and Ancelotti likely won't be in his role next season, right? I mean, the whole the whole point I think was for him to step down at the end of the season. I could be wrong about that. I thought I read that somewhere. Uh, but come on, I mean, Jude Bellingham, youngest captain in Bundesliga history, oh. youngest captain in Borussia Dortmund history, absolutely amazing. And then I got thinking, like, this guy is 19 years old. What is it with the age of 19 right now? I mean, this is the most stacked age group that I have ever seen, maybe. I mean, we're looking at Jamal Muziala, who we're going to talk about next. Mm -hmm. We're looking at Pedri. We're looking at Eduardo Camavinga. We're looking at Jude Bellingham. If he wasn't injured, we'd be talking about Florian Wirtz. We're looking at Gavi, I mean, Ansu Fati. Ansu Fati is 19. Um, and, and if you go the step below, you've got a bunch of other 19-year-olds like uh, Harvey Elliott and Musa and Livramento and Cherokee. But come on. This like those five players all at the age of nineteen. Football is gonna be good for the next decade. And plus midfielders, and midfielders. Yeah. it's like <laughs> how good are they, man? And it's crazy too that like England national team youth, like England national right. team uh, youth teams had Jude Bellingham and had Jamal Musiala playing together a couple of years back. So those two yeah. are now <laughs> worth more than 200 million and they were playing oh. for England and now just Jude is starting for England. So Jamal Musiala, what could have been at England? But for his, for his development, it's not looking bad, okay? Because he no. went bold. He went very bold against yeah. Leverkusen with one goal and two assists, Jamal Musiala. And this season at 19, he has 11 games, seven goals, and five assists. He is one of the best players in the world right now in form at 19, Musiala. So he's over. He's outperforming Muller. He's a, he's, he's outperforming Muller. Yeah. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now, and I think you're not going to like this. Mm. But out of all those 19 year olds I just mentioned, who who who, including <laughs> including Pedri, including Pedri, I'm gonna say it. I think Jamal Muziala has the highest ceiling out of every one of those players. This kid has come on. He's got drippy dribbling. He's got IQ. He's he's got like he's got height. So he's going to build out over time and become a little more dominant physically. Not not that he's dominant now. He's got versatility. He can play in a, a various smattering of roles. But Jamal Muziala, to me, right now, mm -hmm. um, has the highest ceiling out of every one of those 19-year-olds we mentioned. And that's, that is Pedri. That is Kamavinga. That is Wirtz. That is Bellingham. Okay? <laughs> that is Ansu Fati. But Jamal Muziala is doing it right. He is taking that step up in a season that Byron absolutely needed. 
somebody to step up. I, um, and it's great. I agree <laughs> in terms of goal involvements. I think Musiala will always be the best out of those five. But I think Pedri, I'd compare him maybe if everything goes right with Iniesta in the future. A type of player that should have won that Ballon d'Or. And is world class and is going to be in the history books of football. Sure. And I think Pedri can be that type, that type of player. Musiala. If he gets his yeah. full potential, we're talking here of a player that can get three, four Ballon d'Ors too and compete with Mbappe and with Holland too. But Pedri is just different because he needs to win trophies with that too. It's not just the goal involvements. So I think Pedri I agree. might win yeah. the best youngster of this World Cup over Jamal yeah. Musiala. I think that might happen, okay? I think Spain could outperform Germany and Pedri will... Look can look better than Jamal Musiala in this World Cup, though. I gotta say I that, mean, though. Who's gonna be the best I mean, youngster of those five in the World Cup, so, Breton? I know. I, 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 it could be Musiala, <laughs> in my opinion. I don't, but I don't know about that. Pedro, come on. They didn't look exactly great against Switzerland. <laughs> um, but they did beat Portugal. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. Musiala we don't need to Musiala did go bold against England. He That's facts. He did go bold against England. And I, and I do have to bring it because you mentioned a great point there, and I do have to drive that home. Mm -hmm. uh, Pedri is likely, from a Ballon d'Or perspective, never going to get the love mm. in the future that he might deserve, right? The people that okay. watch a football match know how good he the, is facts. and obviously how good he could become, right? And, you know, the conduction and everything that he does so damn well. Mm -hmm. Jamal Musiala, you're absolutely right. He has the advantage that that our eyes, mm -hmm. whether we're casual fans or we are obsessive, look at every stat type of fan, <laughs> our eyes will always be drawn to goals and assists, mm -hmm. right? And you're right. Jamal Musiala will likely, I don't know if Pedri's ever going to be the 15 goals, 18 assists type of person in the year. But he'll right? be a top but five Ballon d'Or. He'll be a top I, five I, Ballon d'Or. I 100% agree with you, but that maybe that is also a big reason why I say Musiala probably has more of that Ballon d'Or potential um, long term because Musiala in the future, mm -hmm. if he grows to be dominant, right, mm -hmm. and at 19 he's showing signs of that, um, he could be the guy that puts you know 25 goals, 25 assists in one season. Agreed, and he, right? he plays deeper um, too, like Camavinga, <laughs> Bellingham, Pedri. They all have that center mid, the, the conducting the midfield, dictating that tempo. But Musiala's objective is I got to make a goal out of this play at all times. <laughs> it's like he's more, he's deeper, and yeah, I agree. He's gonna have more goals and assists. But come here, tell us. Who do you yeah. think is the best out of these five that are mentioned? The top five under 20 players in the world. Tell us your thoughts and justify why you pick Pedri over Musiala. You pick maybe Bellingham over Camavinga and Pedri. Tell us your thoughts and why in the YouTube comment section. But you're going to say something, right, Francis? Sorry. <laughs> say because Musiala was steamrolling. Mm -hmm. Bayer Leverkusen, <laughs> and I just have to say one thing about Bayer Leverkusen because I am shocked mm. at how bad they have been and how topsy turvy this Not season good. has started for them. I bet you Callum Hudson Adoy is sitting there going like, "What? Why can't I do anything right? Like, why can't I find a place where I can play and win? Why, why do I, I have to be Bayern? in the relegation zone?" And he's at Bayer Leverkusen, and I and I'm I'm with him. I, I Callum Hudson Adoy um, does not deserve this. 
Uh, Bayer Leverkusen has five points in their first eight games, and they they are winless at home. And they look, I, I don't know how better to put this, they they look like trash. They really do. Um, so I, I actually feel for Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, he's at least playing. That's great. <laughs> but nobody would have thought that he'd be playing for a team in the basement of the Bundesliga right near, uh, right now, mm-hmm. especially after the season they had last season. And Vince so, is coming back, man. So, like, it's Leverkusen with yeah. Patrick Schick, Tad Soba still there, Inkepi there. So much the talent. Th- oh, my. The Abbey stayed too. So, like, they have to. Adam Holzek went there. So they really uh-huh. have to, like, show better results for these youngsters yeah. to stay long-term. And, like, if I'm a youngster at Leverkusen, I'd be like, maybe Dortmund's even better. Like, like, mm. like the levels that are, that are being separated by teams, man, they don't want that to happen. But, oh, Jesus. But I want to mention here Barca, okay? There's no Barca. Yes. No Barca still. And I got to say, man, Xavi, okay, in Barca versus Mallorca, a, an away game that you have to win if you're going to win the La Liga. It's Xavi has the longest runs, longest run. Xavi has the longest run of away game wins in La Liga history, surpassing Zidane at Real Madrid. 18 away wins unbeaten man this is unbelievable and it's with a player now of Lewandowski that gives guarantees like Xavi said that has 12 goals two assists in only nine games he's gonna be the top scorer La Liga and Lewandowski goes bold community it's gotta be said man Xavi bold Xavi like PK like no Ronald Rouge until the right. end of December, and Pique is sh- showed that in that game against Pallorca that he wants to show levels for Barca. Yeah. So if he does wow. until December, it's going to be very good for his image, definitely, with all that's happening with Shakira, too. So <laughs> It's true, man. Like, his image, is that the, man. People are is like... That the first time, right, is that the first time you ever mentioned Shakira on this podcast? Man, the hips don't lie. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, you know what? Best, hands down, hands down, best FIFA anthem of Man, all time waka, oh, was the Waka Waka yeah. song. Facts, facts, facts. 100%. Facts, facts, facts. So, but like, Although, next next, next to, uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, Stronger? I, mm, the Waving Flag? The Waving Flag? Yeah, yes, the Waving Flag. Just like a Waving Flag. Yep. Canaan, Canaan. South Africa. Yes. South Africa one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Best, hands down. But Shakira, uh, though, that was, that was yeah, levels. Yeah, that was bad. That was levels. We don't need to get into those details. So There's no way to Shakira, about... no, <laughs> But yes, Barca, man. They're going to win La Liga, in my opinion, going back to football. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, really, I, I understand. It, 100%, you're right. That is one of those wins. It, it goes beyond. You have Lewandowski for those reasons, right? Exactly. Um, because they're going to have their depth tested. And they already have had their depth tested this season. And you're going to need somebody to break that deadlock and who better to have. And all those people out there that were saying Lewandowski only scored in the Bundesliga because (laughs) it's a farmer's league. Are you calling La Liga a farmer's league now? And and Holland Holland in the front. And Holland in the Premier League. Apparently every league is the flipping farmer's league. Uh, But uh, Bayern did win win the Bundesliga 10 times in a row though. And this Holland is, didn't is, manage to do. Holland didn't manage to beat them. Like you yeah, can already yeah. say that, man. You can already. True. So it says like Bayern <laughs> have elite organization, man. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Just yeah. ridiculous. But just well, my last thing well, with Barca, I want to say is like, uh, sure. Busquets 
okay, has only missed 14 games since 2008, okay, in his career at Barca and for Spain. He's played 824 games at club level and for his national team. So Busquets, one of the most 100% midfielders, underrated midfielders in the world of football. Since 2008, yeah. only 14 games due to injury. Like, and he's not the most physical type player. Like, he's a tall individual. Just shows right. how much he loves Barca and Spain, man. So, geez. yeah, one of, the, one, of the, one of the smartest players of all time. Facts, Busquets. I facts, Bratzen. All my days, so facts. He can be a manager. I couldn't be surprised yeah. if he's a manager. Like, uh-huh. like who says who's gonna go against him? Xavi yeah. and Iniesta didn't. Yeah, no. But I, I think he's uh, what? He's got a nice little uh, adventure in Miami waiting for him. I've heard about uh, that. MLS, MLS is touching. something. We'll see. Uh, but hey, before we move on from La Liga, I mean, there's a lot of other a lot of other results to talk about, but I really do want to give a shout out, uh, athletic Bilbao. Um, mm-hmm. they are, I, they're like five, one and one to start the season, maybe six, one and one. Um, and a lot of that is 20 year old Nico Williams, not Anaki, not Anaki <laughs> Williams, the iron man. It is Nico Williams because he has had one hell of a September. All right. You ready for this? He, Scored his first goal in a match with his brother at the same time. That had not happened in their career previously. He then got his first call up to Spain. He then debuted for Spain. He then assisted the match winner against Portugal to find, sorry, to find their way into the final four of the UEFA Nations League. And then on top of that, he's got three goals, one assist for Atletic Bilbao in La Liga play in September with a three-match winning streak. And I believe they're in second or third place right now. Third, right behind Real Madrid and Barcelona. So uh, kudos to Bilbao. If uh, people don't follow Bilbao, they probably need to go back. And if you play football manager, you know that they have a small, small subset of players. They only go for Basque players, players from the Basque region, the Basque country of Spain. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they are not pulling in people left and right. So when they are good, it's solely because of the, the the players that they developed, and it's uh, very impressive. And Nico Williams, I think, is one that could sneak his way onto this Spanish roster. What do you think? I think so. I think so. And in the World Cup, they need goals. And if Nico's doing that, Fati, come on, score those goals too, because Spain can't rely solely on Morata. And if they do that, they definitely won't win the World Cup. So only yeah. if Pedri's scoring goals too, like he's a De Bruyne. <laughs> So that would be the only way, but I completely agree. What a great shout out to Nico Williams, man. Facts going bold with Bilbao. Love that Basque fact for the listeners because yeah, they do that. Laporte was there. Like the amount of players that came from there, from the Basque region just shows that they breathe football in Spain. Okay. And and development football, in my opinion, I know Portugal is unbelievable, but in all sports, I think Spain is the best in development in sports. Tennis, basketball, football, Real Madrid, La Masia, La Fabrica with... Hey, hey, La Masia with Barça and La Fabrica with Real Madrid. I think the Spanish academies are just the best. They're, ver- they're yeah. perfectionists. So... French, are, <laughs> French are probably like, uh, what? I like, come on, nah, you know, but no, but yes, no, no <laughs> but no, but it's Spain, and we're two, man. What French? What French? We're two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm so, yeah, yeah. Portugal. I, I believe in football, we're definitely t- top three, man. In my opinion, next to England, 
England. Cheese, Louise, those academies went bold too. But yes, it's going to move leagues now. And I want to give a shout out here in the pod. Last last shouts in the pod from my end. Got to go and said, yeah, because a lot happened there. Then I got to touch base. And Rafa, Rafa Leon. 100, 200, 300% is the best player in Serie A since last season, okay? The MVP is coming this season, too. And one goal and one assist this weekend to save Milan against Empoli showed that he has that clutchiness, different gravy. And I said it, if uh, Asa Milan don't give a huge extension to Rafael, there's a possibility of Real Madrid in three years' time having Vinicius. Rafael and Erling Haaland starting in front of Real Madrid. And that is a bold scenario. Bold, considering that midfield too, man. Poise. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, makes, it makes me sweat just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. That, that Leal and his role in that final minutes of that game mm-hmm. uh, was exactly what AC Milan needs if they're going to repeat as the Scudetto winners because uh, it, it looked like that one was heading for either a loss or a draw. And uh, Rafael Leal, I mean, they're going through a little bit of an injury crisis right now. Their Mm -hmm. top goalkeeper is out. Uh, uh, Teo Hernandez is out. Uh, David Calabria went down. Uh, Simon Kerr went out. Uh, Alexis Selemakers went out with injury. I mean, they got got smacked across the face with injuries during that game. And Rafael Leal, uh, you know, he had that cheeky chip. It was a great assist. It was just, it was... That it's just me of uh, Ronaldinho. That remind me yeah. legitimately of Ronaldinho. That Rafael. Yes. It's like it's it's so, it's just criminal the way he does it too. It's yeah. just that it's saucy. <laughs> well, I got I gotta say if 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 Rafael Leal is the best player from the beginning of last season, mm-hmm. there there is and I agree with that. I agree with that sentiment probably completely. Okay. Start uh, from Portugal. If, if, if there's an early candidate for the beginning of this season. Mm-hmm. to probably next season, and I'm looking into my crystal ball to tell you who's going to take that Rafa Leal mm. uh, identity from him because we know probably Rafa Leal, like, I don't know, leaves. We'll ah, see. Yeah. It's got to be Kavisha Kavaritskilia uh, because he did it again. I mean, he scored again, and it was a nice goal, goal and, and, and Napoli ran over their the, the whoever the hell they played. But five goals <laughs> in seven Serie starts. I yes, saw that game. Yes. Good game. The Kavaradova, yeah, man. So- I mean, five goals in seven Serie A starts. Napoli's at or near the top of the table. He had six goals and five assists in nine UEFA Nations League games for Georgia. Um, I just got to say it, like, this early day impact, this is not generally what you see. You True. you see a transition period. You don't just come from Russia or come from, you know, playing with your hometown team of Dinamo Batumi in Georgia to beasting <laughs> uh defenses on the Syria level um unless you're special and he's exactly. he's he's special okay exactly. uh he's fun to watch too but i know and, you had one other shout out on that napoli team and like varadona man has eight goal involvements in that short period of time player of the month too in august in Serie, which is no surprise georgian yeah. heritage coming okay kvisha kvaratskilia i got it right is gonna yeah, go bold long term but i think napoli the player that is giving me the the main reason i think napoli are first is because they have a midfielder like angisa okay so dominant and yet so good okay i gotta say in my opinion angisa at the start of the season is the best midfielder 
in Serie A. And even in the Champions League against Liverpool, they couldn't stop him. Like, he was yeah. unbelievable. And I got to give a proper shout-out to him. Passing yeah. uh, um, physically, like, aerial duels, like, decision-making yeah. too. Like, you'd expect him not to be the best dribbling, but he is a baller dribbling-wise and making those calls off-ball too. Angisa off-ball is one of the best yeah. midfielders in the world. On ball, he's got to improve. But off, I'm telling you people, he's got the movements, the right movements. At and he's scoring goals. He's scoring goals too, you know, uh, which is which is goofy because the Angisa <laughs> that I remember, that I remember watching like day in, day out, or week in, week out, was when he was with Fulham, okay? <laughs> During one of their relegation years. And he looked lost most of the time right now granted he was maybe four or five years younger mm -hmm. uh but but this this version of Angisa at at napoli uh i don't think it's that crazy to say mm -hmm. that he is probably the mm -hmm. best midfielder in syria right now I in think form so. yeah i think yeah. so yeah i think so yeah milikovic yeah. savic yeah, I think uh, I he think definitely so. has a shout. But, <laughs> if the uh, he was scored two more for Lazio. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I agree with that. I agree. But there's another player I think should be in the discussion of best midfielders in Serie A, and it's my last topic in Serie A that it is Mourinho showing <laughs> levels outside of the stadium and still getting that win, comeback win against Inter. He went bold, and his players like Pellegrini, mad underrated. Okay. Mad underrated, and he did what he's got to do. And I was shook, man. Dybala too, man. Dybala mm -hmm. is one of the best transfers, okay, this season. Definitely in Serie A, because he's got seven games, four goals, and two assists. Dybala must, must be called up for the Argentinian national team with the, with the levels that he has at Roma. So I'm loving what I'm seeing, and Roma... Must be considered a top team in Serie A this season. And Mourinho ain't holding back. Even outside of the stadium, he ain't holding back. But a lot. Well, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're going to shout out Roma, then you got to shout out Lazio too. And that, that Roma-Lazio derby, uh, that capital city derby is going to be one to watch. Because Lazio is also near the top of the table. Mm. Um, while Inter Milan and Juventus are in the mud as it stands. But I believe that that derby is on its way up. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it um, all at the Stadio Olimpico. I have stuff. been to Stadio Olimpico. I have seen Lazio play there. I have seen Roma play there. And I am, uh, I'm going to be extra excited <laughs> to see this one because they are both looking good this season. It's good both stuff, man. Good. Mourinho ball, yeah. Mourinho ball. And Tommy Abraham, man. I'm not surprised if Tommy is going to go to Chelsea next summer for 18 million because <laughs> – in two seasons, what Tommy Abraham's done, it's going to be a bargain yeah. to get a striker like him, especially English, for $18 million. So, Todd Boyley, expect $18 million to leave in the summer. <laughs> the bank account. <laughs> but to get Tommy yeah. Abraham. Oh, my days. <laughs> well, I, I think we did a good job uh, playing the rounds there. You got any other shout-outs here? Um, I'd say my last, last, last shout-out would be to Pedro, okay, of <laughs> Flamengo. That scored yeah. a hat trick in five minutes. Five minutes. That's why Tite called him up to get a chance for Brazil. And he's got 27 goals in all competitions, Pedro. Yeah. He didn't work out in Europe, but he's come back and now in Flamengo going bold. So remember it that. It sounds name, Pedro. like somebody also on Flamengo. 
Mm, Gabi Gold. <laughs> it sounds like Gabi Gold. <laughs> and he's going to, and you know, the funny part is, is Pedro, he's going to have the chance to push Flamengo to a Libertadores uh, championship, yes. right? The yes. final is yet to be played. And if I do recall, the last time Flamengo won it, mm -hmm. it was Gabi Gold that yep. scored a late brace. <laughs> Oh, beat uh, was it River? It, it was Marcelo Gallardo's like, River. It was. It was. It, yeah. What? What? what a, that was one of my best memories watching a game like televised. Like unbelievable. Yeah. How fast it was too. They were losing one nil, yeah. and all of a sudden two one. And Gabi goal. Yeah. It wasn't the best goal, but it was a goal. <laughs> and that's the memory, man. Oh man. That's memory. huge. But you're right. I mean, 27 goals for Pedro. Um, and he was called up. He was called yes. up. He was put in. He got like. 25 minutes, 30 minutes of playing time. And what did he do? Mm -hmm. He scored a goal against uh, South, was it South Korea? Mm -hmm. um, so but he could wind up as a, you know, last gasp, throw him on the field, try and get some goals. If Brazil's uh, trailing, if they need some more firepower, Zuz he could wind up on the roster. I know, exactly. I know. It's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, be interesting. Out. leave him out. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. Well, Pedro also uh, added 10 assists, I believe, for them this season. So uh, they've got the Copa Libertadores final coming up. And uh, since we're on the Libertadores uh, kind of vibe, mm -hmm. I have to mention, I got to throw a shout out. You know me, I like to always do the more obscure shout outs um, because I want to teach some people that are listening to this about a club that they might not know a lot about. Um, but like next to the Copa Libertadores, you've got the Copa Sudamericana. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there is a club that just won it. And they just beat, they're not from Brazil, they're not from Argentina, which is one of the two countries that you would expect them to be from. Mm -hmm. uh, they're actually from Ecuador. And it, I want to shout out Independiente del Valle. I, hopefully I said it that correctly. They're from a, a suburb of, I believe, the capital city, Quito, in Ecuador. Um, but like, listen to this, okay? They decided, they were bought by a new owner 15 plus years ago that decided that they wanted to become kind of the breeding ground of Ecuadorian football, mm -hmm. okay? And as you can imagine where I'm going with this, who's one of my favorite players in the Premier League right now, playing for Brighton? <laughs> Moises Caicedo, right? And he came from Independiente del Valle, and they just won the Copa Sudamericana. And that by itself in 2022 would be great. That's a headline. But they've won it now twice, twice in the last three years as a team as a team that only has one Ecuadorian domestic league win to their name, to their club's history. Okay. So they have gone from uh, whoever bought them 15 years ago deserves a massive pat on the back because they have gone from being obscure to creating Moises Caicedo. They're going to get a massive sell on percentage. I'm sure when they sell them off, because they only got 5 million uh, from him up front. They have William Pacho, 20 million, I'm sorry, 20 year old center back who plays for Royal Antwerp in Belgium, who's 9-0-0 to start the season. Mm -hmm. You've got Joel Ordonez, who just was signed by Club Bruges. Over half the current Ecuadorian team that is going to the World Cup, mind you, has been has somehow been a part of Independiente at some point in their lifetime. Okay? So everything traces back to this one club, and they are doing uh, – we talk about the big clubs all the time – they are doing some big club stuff big for a club that is still very small budget and still very small club. Uh, also, Gonzalo Plata, Piero Hincapi, mm -hmm. all played for Independiente de Valle. So I just got to give him a shout out. I don't know how many Ecuadorian followers we got, 
But congratulations on that Copa Sudamericana win because you guys are doing something that not many people are going to talk about when you talk about world football. But you deserve <laughs> to get more credit than uh, than Thanks. than you've been given. Uh, so anyway, had to bring that up. Definitely, definitely, great shout, great shout. And any other shout? You have a visit to mention, no? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about yeah. it here. Last shout in the pod. <laughs> well, I got I gotta say, uh, all thanks to FC Wonder Kid. All thanks to Alex and I. Wanting to painstakingly talk football all the time. Uh, we were reached out to by the Philadelphia Union. Uh, and I got to go visit, basically visit with Coach Curtin there. This is my hometown team. Most of you might not even know who the Philadelphia Union are, but you might know Brendan Aronson. You might know Mark McKenzie. You might know yeah. Don, Daniel Gosdog and some others. Uh, but I'll tell you, it was surreal. Uh, got to play on that pitch. Uh, not very well. I did score a goal. It was kind of fun. <laughs> That's uh, but no, listen... It, any any time you can be asked to or given the ability to collaborate with a hometown team or any one of these clubs or any one of these players that we get the chance to talk to, mm-hmm. um, it's surreal. Mike- it's surreal because you and I, we're not pundits necessarily. <laughs> well, we are massive fans of the game that what? also have strong opinions. You might be a pundit. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I'm a my, massive fan. My question for yeah. you is like, did you feel like that it's just the start for Philadelphia Union? Absolutely. Just the beginning. Just oh, the yeah. beginning. Um, just the beginning. Uh, MLS is becoming a selling league, and the Philadelphia Union, with a plus, even though they got drubbed the other day, with a plus <laughs> forty-two goal differential and a a salary um, layout that is a fraction of LAFC and Gareth Bale, of LA Galaxy and Chicharito and Ricky Puig. Um, they spend a fraction, and yet they have the most outsized impact on the league. They are essentially embracing the youth academy, put all that money in, because if you can put the money into it, then maybe you become an independent, independiente del Valle, or maybe in the future you become a river or you become a whatever. Um, they know that it's all about building for the generation next, right? And less about what seemingly most American sports are about, which is profit now, mm. right? Um, so the union understand that they have a gem in Jim Curtin, um, a coach that's locally from here. Uh, mm-hmm. but they are going to be, uh, one of the clubs in MLS as this gets bigger, as we move to 2026 world's cup, which is here. Mm-hmm. Um, they are going to be at the vanguard of, uh, clubs that are doing things right here. And I'm no more confident of that, um, than I, I was previously because I knew that. But just seeing what they've got going on there, it's very, very encouraging. And anytime you and I can be invited to go look at and meet the people that run these clubs mm-hmm. um, and meet some of the players, um, you just you can't help but root reach for out. everything and reach yeah. out, reach out, yeah, clubs, please. if you want us to pay a visit and just put it put it in the comments, man. Go bold and tell yeah. us, man. We got we got info in the description. But yes, I just want to say too to the listeners, we didn't forget that we have an important message that you try to guess, but we have another podcast for you to try and guess. And we will reveal next week the bold and the, the, this mystery that we didn't reveal last week. That is, we will give a hoodie to whoever guesses the bold new content that's going to come in the near future, in a space of a month. Try to guess it and put down below in the comment section. If you listened until now, thank you, community, for going bold. And please do not forget to like this video and follow us on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, and in this platform on YouTube, okay? Go Bold, and thank you. Thank you for hearing another, another Bold Podcast, episode 75. Thank you for going Bold, community.